Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Russ, and this is the Overlooked Podcast. Today, we're going to get into the disappearance of Parish Patel. Parish is a native of India who came to the United States as a teenager. He was the co-owner of at least three clubs in Austin, Texas, around the time of his disappearance. Mr. Patel is described as extremely driven businessman who was extremely ambitious. Associates say that he was known as the Jerry Jones of 6th Street because of the way that he conducted business and how hard he pursued having a good lifestyle and money and businesses that he can pass on to his children. Now, it is said that Parrish may have ruffled the feathers of many people in the downtown scene area. They said he was very determined to expand his empire. He was already thinking of opening more clubs, and he was just a very, very ambitious man. Now, the three clubs that he owned at the time of his disappearance were the Azucar Club, Malagio, and a music venue on 6th Street, and this was all in 2000. Now, he was last reported seen by one of his business associates when he was en route to a meeting at another club in the warehouse district of downtown Austin. And this was on September the 25th of 2000. Mr. Patel never arrived at his destination, unfortunately. Um, And he also failed to pick up his children that evening, which was very uncharacteristic of him. He was never seen or heard from again. It was reported that at the time of his disappearance, he was carrying about $15,000 in cash. So as stated, he was last seen on September the 25th, and his white Lexus SUV was discovered on September the 26th. It was parked along 4th and Lavica Street in East Austin. So let's get into the details of what was going on in Mr. Patel's life at the time of his disappearance. Now, unfortunately, in this case, there's little details. You pretty much find the same information over and over. Um, His name gets connected to another case. And usually when you look him up, you'll really hear more information about these other cases that come up in 2012. But there's not a lot of information about Mr. Patel himself. What we do know is that that music venue on 6th Street, it had just celebrated its grand opening the weekend prior to his disappearance. What we know is that he was in the middle of a custody battle over his two sons with his ex-wife. And what we also find out is that it comes to light that he had fathered a daughter by another woman. And he was in court um, for child support for that little girl about a month before his disappearance. 
family court had actually ruled for him to pay $20,000 in back child support plus fines. Now, in regards to those three clubs I named earlier, he was a partner uh, when it came to ownership of those three clubs. Um, he was a partner with Hussein Yassin, someone also known as Mike Yassin, and his brothers. Now, we bring up Mr. Yassin because in 2012, Hussein, or also known as Mike, and that's what I'm going to call him going forward. Mike Yassin, who was his business partner, and nine others were indicted on federal drug and money laundering charges. He and this group of people, they were accused of crimes including cocaine distribution, purchases of guns to be used during drug deals, and money laundering. Now, in an article titled Mystery and Intrigue Grow in Yassine Case, Federal Case Against Downtown Club Owners Takes Another Turn, that article breaks down those charges and kind of lets you know how those charges came about. So essentially what happened is a government informant was sold a kilo of cocaine plus two guns um, by the people in that circle of the people I named, the 10 individuals named in those charges or 10 people uh, included in those uh, in that 2012 case. And what we find out is that pretty much the Fed said that Mike Yassine and his executive assistant agreed to then use multiple bars run by Yassine Enterprise, which is him and his brother's business, to launder money and then actually gave some of that money to Mike's youngest brother, Hadi Ali Yassine, to found his firm, Famous Vodka. Now, the other people involved in those charges, the people outside of the Yassine brothers, they were charged with a variety of other drug-related charges. Um, and that case is really kind of a roller coaster ride. There's, there's talk of additional fraud, tax evasion comes up. There's talk of possible ties to terrorist groups. Um, and I won't really get into that. You can look up the article name that I just gave. Um, and you can look up his name and you'll find lots of articles uh, in regards to Mr. Uh, Hussein. Um, and it, again, it's it's a whole separate case. You can look that up yourself. It, it's, it's full of turns and rides. But the reason I bring up these brothers is because once this 2012 case is open, the police come out and admit to the public, by the way, yeah, Mike Yassin. Yeah, he's also being investigated in connection to an unsolved murder. Now, the Austin Police Department's Homicide Cold Case Unit, uh, they made a statement confirming that they were treating Mike Yassine as a person of interest in the disappearance of his business partner, Parish Patel. And at this point, Mr. Patel had been missing for about 12 years. We find out in 2012 that 
apparently Patel and Mike had some type of disagreement around the time that he disappeared. And this is pretty much new information to the public at this point. Now, Mike Yassin is eventually given three years in federal prison. He's ordered to pay about $2.5 million in restitution to the IRS for engaging in tax fraud scheme, using his nightclubs. Um, I do want to put in there, however, that one of Mr. Patel's other business partners, Josh Cisneros, and I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, um, he stated that he was actually surprised to hear that Mike Yassin was connected to Patel's case um, at all. Um, he said to the press that, you know, Patel and Mike Yassin were actually really close friends. They vacationed together um, and that it was always kind of suspected that the motive behind Parrish's death was really more of a robbery. And we got to remember, he was allegedly carrying $15,000 in cash on him around the time that he disappeared. Now, something that comes out as well that we're really not given a lot of information on. I keep seeing the same paragraph in almost every single article I read, but no one elaborates on, okay, what what case did this testimony come from? What else is said? Is there any more? No, you just keep seeing the same paragraph. And that's in 2004. There's a former member of a prison gang, uh, the Texas Syndicate gang. Um, a member testified that Patel had actually been murdered by members of the gang and that he was buried somewhere in the outskirts of the city. Now, that part changes depending on what article you read. Some articles say on the outskirts of the city. Most of the articles say underneath a um, a grocery store um, in, in, in one of the outside. Well, yeah, one of most of them say they at a grocery store in um, some one of the outskirt kind of like communities of the city. Um, but this information has never been confirmed. Police have never really stated if they could confirm this information, um, but it is stated that the police do believe that Parish Patel is no longer living and they believe he was met with foul play. And while he is described as an aggressive entrepreneur, he is also described as a devoted parent who loved his boys. Unfortunately, when it comes to this case, we don't really have much information that's pretty much all the information that we have but i do think there are some things that we should remember in regards to this case first thing i want us to remember is that mr patel had a lot of things going on in his life around the time that he disappeared i think because the Yassine Brothers case became so big in Austin that once his name was mentioned, people kind of just took that and ran with it. Uh, but we have to remember, he has not actually been charged with anything in regards to this case. Also, we have to remember that Mr. Patel had a lot of other things going on that unfortunately could have been the cause of his disappearance. 
During the time he disappeared, he was in the middle of a ugly custody battle. He also was in the middle of a court case where he was being told to pay $20,000 in back pay for child support to a woman he fathered a child with that he did not want to pay. And let's not forget, he had $15,000 on him in cash and he was known in the downtown scene as being a big shot. Who's to say someone didn't follow him? Who's to say someone did not know that he had that money on him? He was a big businessman. He was known for having money. He was known for being a shot caller. Also, we have this person coming forward and said that the Texas syndicate gang may have had something to do with this. Now, the fact that this was said in testimony, and it seems like police really have not, they really have not really pushed this one. And that leads me to believe that they have some doubts about um, that information, especially since they came out and they said, yeah, Mike Yassine is a suspect. But when it came to uh, this this former member of the prison game saying, yeah, no, he was murdered and, you know, we buried him here. Um, that the fact that police really aren't pushing that at all really kind of um, it leaves me with some questions. You know, on one hand, it could be are are there people in the force that have ties to the gang and they're just kind of steered away? Yeah, that's a thing that could very well be a thing. Um but also, it could just be all they have is this guy's word. And, you know, they need more than that um, to pursue a case, to decide, okay, we're going to dig up the grounds of this place because that's just where they said they buried him. Um, it sounds like to me, really, that all they had was this guy's word. And this guy's word may not have been very reliable. Now, I will say... I did find in certain articles that people, reporters in certain articles did state that the person who is the former gang member who made that statement in 2004 uh, was one of the people indicted in that 2012 case. Unfortunately, I cannot confirm this. I cannot find court documents that uh, would allow me to connect the two. But certain articles seem to indicate that that person is one of the people that was indicted along with the Yassine brothers in that 2012 case. So if they are connected, that is interesting because we also now have the police saying that Mr. Yassine is a person of interest. But again, Mr. Patel has been missing since 2000 and they still, it's now 2021. He has never been officially charged. So while he may be a person they are suspicious of, it does not appear that they have any evidence to directly tie him to that case in a way that they will feel comfortable naming him. And going after him with charges. 
Another thing to keep in mind is that the Texas, the Austin, Texas club scene around this time was risky and it had a lot of ties to a lot of risky people. It seemed like there was a lot of shadiness going on. Yes, there was that 2012 bus on a couple of clubs having you know, dealing with drugs and fraud, tax evasion, possible terrorist ties. By the way, I want to put that in there that I have read and watched so many videos and no one really goes into the terrorist ties. I mean, they mention certain terrorist groups and they'll say that and it's just kind of afterthought. No one really explores or dives deep into that. I don't really know why, um, but Something else to keep in mind, even besides those 2012 charges where a couple of clubs were shut down, where 10 different people were charged, um, in 2017, three more Austin bars were shut down due to the police being able to tie them to organized crime. So it does not seem like it was just, you know, possibly just the Yassine brothers. It seems like, you know... The club scene, the bar scene in that area is just kind of risky dealing with some people who may be into some really risky extreme stuff. And this was a world that he was known in. And this was a world that um, he was known as being, you know, really ambitious, but also not minding ruffling people's feathers. These are things we also have to keep in mind. I think this is one of the things that makes this case hard and very um, um, hard to really pin down for the police and also those just looking into the case wanting to help. Despite what Mr. Parish may or may not have been involved in, he was a father. He has two boys who love him who I'm sure still want to know what happened to their father. Now, I don't really know anything about the daughter, but I do know that in regards to his sons, he is definitely described as a loving father, as uh, someone who was actively in their lives. And while the police do believe that he has been missing and it is because he is deceased, I still think his case is important and I still think that he is deserving of finding out the truth of what happened to him and giving his family and loved ones closure. There's lots of theories that are floating around. Um, there are theories that is it possible that he is still alive, that he knew the heat was turning up in the city, that he had was just, you know, told to pay that $20,000. Maybe he up and left. Maybe he, you know, took the money and just fled, went to Mexico, went to Canada, you know, left somewhere. Is that possible? Technically, I guess it is possible. It doesn't seem like it was something that is likely, however. Um, really, people seem to believe that, you know, he was really fighting hard for his sons. Um, and it just does not seem like he would have just up and left in such a manner. Um, also, 
he was making a lot of money. I think the $20,000 and back pay, um, I don't think that was a big enough reason for him to leave, even though they're saying he did not want to pay that. Um, you know, it's, he was walking around with $15,000 on him in cash. I don't think $20,000 in back pay really would have hurt him to the point that he felt he needed to up and leave his life. Now, in regards to the heat turning up and things getting risky, possibly we really don't know all that was involved in the club scene and any of his clubs at that time. So, yeah, maybe that's a thing. Um, I just think, you know, the FBI, first of all, we're talking tax evasion um we're talking um the irs is involved we're talking money laundering uh trust me good old uncle sam if they really believe he just up and left one it sounds like he's not a person that would have just up and left with only fifteen thousand dollars that you know it, it would it sounds like it will probably be more and because everyone talks about how ambitious he is i would imagine that he would if that was a thing he would be somewhere um, building business, making money, sending money back home, something like that. Um, and I just, you know, when it comes to possible fraud with the IRS, the government doesn't play. Those are the type of cases they take seriously and they actually do the work in. Uh, Uncle Sam does not play about his money. I just don't really believe that theory. I know I've seen it a time or two out there. It doesn't seem like a lot of people believe it, but I have seen it out there. Um, and I just don't think that's a thing. Um, unfortunately, I do believe that he is probably deceased um, just because of the, all the other things. One, he had such large amounts of money on him and um, he was in a downtown area. Um, I don't know much about the Austin downtown area, but I know about downtown areas in general. You know, it's not a place you want to be carrying a large amount of money, especially if you're known as a person who people know have a large amount of money on you. You're driving a Lexus, you know, he, I, I just, there, there's a lot of different things. Also, you know, he was involved with some risky people. He was involved with some people that were into some, some dangerous things. I just think the police are probably headed in the right direction with that. But I, what exactly fate did he meet? We don't know. Now, one of the, um, kind of theories that's always thrown out there was that he was buried underneath a grocery store um and there i think it's called an heb grocery store they actually had a representative that came out and spoke to the press and said hey i know this is a rumor but we guarantee you there is no one buried underneath our store and the store had to actually go on and explain that by the time that this disappearance happened the building was already built we were in the middle of hiring process we had already interviewed people play you know things were set up in the store we were really getting ready to open soon um so it's one of those stories i think that kind of just took on a life of zone based on you know little tidbits that the police have given us and people have heard but we really aren't given a lot of information and that's one of the biggest things i want to put out there that a lot of information actually has not been released to the public i actually think this is a case that the police know a lot more i actually think they do have a person um more than one person in mind i really believe this is a case where the police have certain things but they want to wait to the right moment to get them and i do believe it's because it's 
more than likely some really big wig players involved in this. And when you're dealing with very powerful people, you can't just let anything out to the public. You kind of have to take them by surprise. And I think that's more than likely what the police is doing right now. Now, who exactly is that person or people? I am not sure. Are they one of the people that were indicted in a 2012 case? Possibly. I'm not 100% sure. We know that Mr. Yassine was one of the people who they said was a person of interest, but what we don't know if it's is he the only person of interest? What we don't know is why uh, we had this person who said that um, a prison gang was involved in his killing and why that really hasn't seemed to be pursued more. Um, especially since it stated that he told them where. Why wasn't this place digged up? Did anybody check into that? Was it reliable or not? Um, we don't know. But I think there are people out there that have pieces to this puzzle. Again, he owned three bars and he's had had a lot of employees that saw stuff, that heard stuff, that possibly were like, yeah, I, I remember this guy kind of asking questions about him. Or I remember him and this person had a fight or something. There has to be someone out there that knows something. Now, one of the things I see when I see his case, um, when I see people writing comments and so forth and more kind of thread and blog type areas, um, because there seems to be an indication that he may have been involved with some risky people, he may have been involved with some risky things that, you know, this case does not there's some there's some wording there's definitely some there's definitely some cryptic language that seem to imply like well you know let's let's not take this case as seriously but i want you to know again there are innocent children who all they know is that that was their dad all they know is that they loved him um I'm sure he has other family members that love him, that want to know what happened to him for sure. And I believe they deserve to know that. We don't know what he was involved in, what he wasn't involved in. We don't know what he was aware of and what he wasn't aware of. There has definitely been some comments made that seem to also indicate that like, yo, you know, he was a ruthless businessman, but you know, he wasn't necessarily involved in all of that. We aren't sure. Um, there are some comments floating around the net that are like, yeah, look, he was just about his money. We aren't sure. But what we are sure of is that he has not been seen of since 2000. And he still has people out there that care about him and want to know where he is, what happened to them, and if they can get him back home. I'm going to leave information up on the Instagram page if you aren't already following. I am going to post a video on this case where you can also follow and listen to that video. You can see the video pictures and stuff of him. There are not a lot of pictures left of Mr. Patel, or at least not any that have been released to the public um, on social media. But the ones that we can find, we are going to put up and take a look, share them, see if you recognize them, especially if you lived in that area at that time. Maybe you worked at one of his clubs. 
If you have any information that you think could be of help in finding him and closing his case, please, we ask that you call in. Currently, the investigating agency handling this is the Austin Police Department. They can be reached at 512-974-5000. They can also be reached at 512-974-5172. That's 512-974-5172. And you can give them a call. Even again, as I always say, if you have information that you're like, ah, I feel like they probably already know this, you will be surprised how much information that people just in the area knows that the police don't know because no one has talked to them. Okay. Um, there are some, there is a Crime Stopper um, phone number that you can call and there, there is a um, Crime Stopper website that you can go to. I'm going to post that up on the um, Instagram page and I'm also going to post that up on the video. Um, if you are able to write it down, that number is 512 472 tips. That's 512 472 tips. And tips is 8477. So that is 8477. Also, again, I'll post that information up. Please take a look, take a look into his case, uh, share his information. I know it has been 21 years, but we really believe this is a case that can be solved. Um, He has an active co-unit investigation team still actively working on this case. So any information you have will help. As always, guys, please stay safe. Please stay vigilant. And I will be back with a new episode next week. I will see you guys next Sunday. And have a good one. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.